0: Today we're going to do something radically uh, different. We're going to talk about giving from the perspective of it being hilarious. From the perspective of it being fun. From the perspective of it being enjoyable. Something that should cause us to laugh and to to really get excited about. It was interesting, um, Mackenzie came home the other day and she said, um, one of these people she was working with said, Your dad's a pastor. Is he funny? And it's very interesting. People sometimes think because I'm serious and I'm a communicator that for some reason I don't like to have fun. In fact, one of the early names for me in ministry was called the Joker. And it's it's sort of interesting because I tell a lot of jokes one-on-one or near you and some of you don't realize it at all and and the reason is is because i do it with a straight face and it's it's sort of become funny in a way because people close to me or my family they look at it and they walk by later and they're like dad you know that person did not get that you were just giving them a hard time and they took you as being serious christianity should be fun Christianity should be hilarious. You know, the the Bible even says that laughter is great medicine. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to churn something that you maybe feel guilty about, shame about, uh, confusion about. Maybe you're you're just like, "Uh uh-oh, I I hear that the message is entitled Hilarious. I hear it's a series on Give Thanks. But he's going to talk about giving. I I feel like I just want to get up right now. And there is nothing in the Bible that talks about guilt or shame when it comes to giving. In fact, I believe giving isn't just for believers. I believe giving is for everyone. So if you are a Christ follower, and maybe you're a seeker, maybe you're just trying to figure out life and who God is and whether Jesus Christ is real or not, I want you to know something Giving is for you. It's it's interesting as you study statistics and statistics today say that 80% of people live paycheck to paycheck. I saw another study where almost 70% of people don't even have $1,000 in savings. 35% of people have $0 in savings. And sometimes I wonder if the correlation between people being sad, being depressed, uh, being heartbroken, being just feeling like life is such a mess, if there is a correlation between the joy and the fun of giving. And the joy that is found in being a generous person and in, in being grateful and having a heart of thanksgiving. And why so many people are depressed and struggle with their finances. And so today, I want everyone to know, when we talk about this grace of giving, this grace of having a heart of gratitude that there is no uh, manipulation on my part. I'm not interested in getting more money for the church. I'm not interested in us building a new building. What I'm interested in is that whether you're a believer or not, that you will have more joy in your life and that you will understand, especially during this Thanksgiving season, what it means to be grateful, what it means to be generous, what it means to, to understand that God loves a hilarious, or we'll see, God loves a cheerful giver, someone who has fun with giving. So what we're going to do today is we're going to open up our Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine, and so I'd encourage you to find it, maybe on your phone or your iPad. Don't watch any John Chris videos while you're doing that, but. Uh, um, I just want you to get it in the Bible because you need to see what Scripture has to say about being generous and the art of giving and how much fun it is actually to give. So we're in our Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't know where it is, it's in the New Testament, so it's in the second half. And If you can find Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Acts and Romans, and then there is 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This passage is is a pretty interesting passage. It has 15 verses. I believe it has three points, not because that makes a nice message, but I I do believe it has three points, and I'm just going to use the the three five-verse sections uh, to make the point. And so before I read Scripture, I'm just going to pray and ask that God will speak to us this morning. So we just join me in prayer Father, I I just thank you for uh, this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to hear your voice. And so I pray, dear Lord, that you will speak to us, give us a heart of gratitude, and give us a heart of joy and laughter when it comes to giving, and help us, dear Lord, if we have any guilt or shame or confusion or depression when it comes to giving, I pray that you will remove that today for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. Here's what he says, now it is superfluous, literally means it is not necessary for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness of which I boast to you, to the people of Macedonia saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that the boasting about you may not prove to be empty, may may not prove to be invalid in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready... We would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and to arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Here's what Paul is doing. He's writing to the Corinth church. Now one of the things you need to understand, the Corinth church had a lot of problems and 1 Corinthians is discussing the problem. 2 Corinthians is actually discussing the problem that a lot of people in the church didn't like Paul being their pastor, so to speak. And he was having to defend his ministry. But one of the things he makes known in chapter 8 is the church in Macedonia had been very generous in their giving. And it had spurred actually the Corinth church to want to to duplicate them. It inspired them. And so their story of their generosity caused the church in in, in Corinth to say, we're going to give a gift. And what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to allow that gift to come to full fruition. So if you would, just look in your Bible at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 real quick so you can see what is going on. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1. He says, I want you to know, brothers, talking to believers, and again, this message I believe is for believers or unbelievers, he says, about the grace of God that has been given you among the churches of Macedonia, for in severe tests of affliction, their abundance of joy, or their abundance of fun, again, giving should be fun, the abundance of of happiness and their extreme poverty have overflowed in the wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means for their own approval, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we as expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God, to us so Paul is excited because the Macedonians have been involved in what he calls the ministry of giving or the worship of giving when I first came here I talked about giving as an act of worship Paul is saying it's not only an act of worship it's an act of ministry it's one of the ways that you are involved in ministering to the saints Ministering to your fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. Here's the first point that I want us to see as we move through this. When we bless others, when we bless others, God blesses us. When we bless others, God blesses us. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Proverbs. Now, Proverbs isn't exactly the Old Testament law. Proverbs was written as principles or rules for life. And so this is a common principle in life. So we're going to first look at Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. It's a simple proverb, but it's a powerful proverb. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Notice what it says. It says, One gives freely, he grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. Here's a principle. You bless others, you will be blessed yourself. You'll be enriched. And the one who waters himself will be watered. You'll be, if you nurture others and nourish others, you yourself will be nurtured and nourished. God is saying with this principle that if you bless others, you will be blessed. Proverbs 19. Let's look at this one real quick. There's many Proverbs that talk about this. Proverbs 19:17. I love this. And again, hopefully as you read these passages you don't see anything, a, a, a needy church needing money and guilt and shame and any of that. It says in Proverbs 19:17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the poor or lends to the Lord. And he will repay him for his deed notice that again whoever is generous to the poor lends to the lord he's actually given to the lord he's given back to the lord and he will repay him for his deed as you look up here at this slide when we bless others who is the others Well, I believe in the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's talking about blessing the saints. So it's talking about blessing the church. But I believe, again, this principle is true. When you bless the poor, like in Proverbs, when you bless other people in need, when you bless fellow Christians, when you bless those who are your neighbors, when you bless others, the principle is true, God will bless you. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about... Your finances will increase. Because actually the word that we're going to look at for blessing is the word eulogy. Eulogy, we think about it as funerals. But the word eulogy has many meanings. It means to to praise. It means to bless. It means to worship. It means to give thanks. It means to be generous. It means to be bountiful. It means to be abundant. And so when you look at that, and if you just take one of those other words, when you're abundant with others, God will be abundant back to you. When you are, are generous with others, God will be generous with you. When you do something praiseworthy for others, guess what? God will be praiseworthy towards you. It's a principle. So go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I want us to look at this one verse here. This one verse. And it's, it's a powerful verse. It's verse 5. And I think it, it reflects exactly what Paul wants their heart attitude to be. Notice what he says. To arrange in advance for the blessing. Again, that word is eulogy. It means praise and worship and bounty that I said. But the ESV translates it gift. Some of your translations may say your generous offering. So to arrange in advance for the blessing you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing or a generous blessing, a ready blessing, a prepared blessing, not as an exaction, not something, again, out of guilt, shame, somebody's twisting your arm, somebody's trying to manipulate you to give, Paul is saying, I want you to bless others because in return it will be a blessing to you. You may be asking, how does it work? What what does it mean? Again, in verse 1, he talks about the ministry of the saints. Literally, this gift was going to go to the Jerusalem church that was in financial need. So the Jerusalem church, if you remember in the, the book of Acts, they were facing persecution and hardship. And Paul was one who wrote, Corinthians, he was one who was out to try to destroy the church. He was out to destroy the early Christians. And there was many needs as they were ministering to the poor, they were ministering to to, the hurting. And so the way it is a blessing is that they were going to meet a need. And I don't know about you, if you've ever had an opportunity to meet someone else's need, it's weird, but it's sort of like a mystery or a surprise God blesses you just through the act of blessing others. It, it is a blessing to be able to meet needs. But the heart of what I believe Paul is trying to communicate is, it proves you to be real. It proves you to be authentic. It proves that you're, you understand the grace of God. If you go back and you read, Chapter 8, you will notice that he's talking about the grace and the gift of Jesus Christ and how Christ has been gracious to us. And it is a blessing when others can look at you and say, Yes, your faith is real, your faith is genuine. You, you do belong to, to the family of God, and God has shown you that He has been gracious to you, and you have been gracious others so when we bless others God will bless us let's look at verses um six now through ten you got to see this six through ten notice in chapter nine he says the point is this and it, it, in my bible I circle lined it and <laughs> circled it underlined it you know highlight it in chartreuse whatever you do the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully. do Anybody want to guess what that word is? Again, it's eulogy. It's in being a blessing. And so whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able... To make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Here's what we need to, to know. This is the second point. When we give generously, notice this, when we give generously, God generously gives us his grace. Now, many of us have sort of maybe heard the principle sort of this way. Well, if you give to God, he's going to give back to you and he's going to bless you financially. I really don't know if that's what he's talking about. Again, because he's talking about an abundance. He's talking about a blessing. He's talking about God's grace. And and we're going to see here in a little bit, the the verse he focuses on is God providing his grace for you. What's he doing here? What's Paul trying to communicate? Well, he's trying to communicate a natural principle and a spiritual principle. He's using what people understood. And We as farmers should understand this principle. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, or if you are bountiful and gracious with your sowing, guess what? Your harvest is also going to be generous. It's very interesting. Notice in verse 7. He says, each one must give as he's decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver notice what he's trying to say god loves it when we give and we're spontaneous and 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 we're willing to give and we've decided in advance that we want to be generous So when we're generous, God is generous with us. Here's the verse I want us to focus in on. Notice what it says. So God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Notice that the five times the word all is used. He's trying to to emphasize that God is going to show up. Not just, again, if you just see this, well, I'm going to give so I can get more money. That's not what this text is even saying. It's saying he's going to give you his grace. He's going to be all sufficient. He's going to take care of every need. He's going to provide for you emotionally and relationally. God is going to be on your side when you're generous. And he uses an illustration from psalms. And it's a psalm on what a righteous person looks like. Again, it's not even talking about a tither or it's not talking about giving to church. It's saying that a righteous person looks for opportunities to give to the poor. And guess what? This passage is saying, if you look for opportunities to be generous, God's going to come alongside you, and he's going to provide you more opportunities to be generous. Why? Because God loves it, and he thinks it's fun to give. You see, when when God gave us his son, Jesus Christ, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, When God gave, he did it with a smile. When God gives to us, he he gives us in such a generous way. It's very interesting. Uh, There's a thing you can go online, and it's called the global rich list. I would encourage everybody to go to it. And what I did was I went to that global rich list, and you can put in either your income for the year or you can put your wealth. And so what I did was I did the average median income in Harrisonville, which is 42000 And you put in 42000 and it shows that you are in the 0.5%, 0.5% of the richest people in the world. That means that 90% Nine point five percent of people in the world are poorer than you. I don't think Paul is saying, you know, you, you better be giving so God can make you rich. Guess what? You are already rich. You're already blessed beyond what you can even believe. You are ahead of the game. What he is saying is God is going to be generous with his grace and his blessing and his mercy. He's going to make your life so much more enjoyable. Why? Because you practice the art of being generous and giving. Notice how he goes on in verse 11. He says, you will be enriched in every way. You've got to see this. To be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So when we're generous, God, again, he allows us to even be more generous. And he allows this then to produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service, again, he considers it a ministry or an act of worship. Is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. By the approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of the contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Here's our third point. When we give, we give thanks to God. Now, I don't know what you think about when it comes to giving, but when you give here at church, when you give to others in need, when you give to a ministry, guess what? It results in giving thanks to God. That's why we're doing this series, Give Thanks, because I believe we need to move beyond just saying thank you, just saying thank you to God. But we need to understand that we show our gratitude. We we express our thanksgiving to God in a variety of ways. And one of the ways we express our thanksgiving to God is through giving. Now I'm starting to come to realize that I don't know if I've had this perspective. Even though as a pastor and a teacher I maybe have taught on it. But maybe it was in my head but not in my heart. Because one of the ways I want to show gratitude to God and thanksgiving to God is by being a generous person. Notice this verse again. He says, you will be enriched in every way. So when you give and you're generous, God gives to you and he's generous back and you're going to be enriched in every way in which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And when I read this, I'm like, oh, I get it. You see, when I give, the gift I give produces thanksgiving or praise or glory to God. When I give, the giver, as the giver, I give thanks and praise and glory to God. When I give and give thanks, the recipient of that gift gives thanks and praise to God. It is a wonderful harmony. It's neat how God uses grace and gratitude and thanksgiving to work together. I first discovered this when I noticed that the word thanksgiving comes from the same word as grace. And the same principle occurs when it comes to thanksgiving. And so the word charis means grace. The word thanksgiving sometimes takes the word grace. In fact, at the end of verse 15, the only word that is used for give thanks to God is charis. It means grace and thanksgiving and gratitude. And so this whole series is focusing on giving thanks, the grace of gratitude. Because when we understand grace and we understand gratitude, we will be generous. So to help us understand this, I, I came up with a couple of slides here hopefully you can see this slide there's three parts to it there's some arrows if you want to be hilarious if you want to have fun with giving it all starts with understanding the grace of God this morning I I asked Dave Schrock how you doing and I don't know if you remember Dave but you said to me better than I deserve and I think I've heard him say that before That is grace. An understanding that we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve the opportunity to even be here on Sunday morning uh, to worship together and to be a part of the family of God. It's all grace. Everything that I own is God's grace. My family is God's grace. The blessings that I've received is grace. And the more that I understand God's grace and his gift to me, and that everything belongs to the Lord, it should produce in me a heart of gratitude. Again, grace and gratitude, it's all coming from the same root word. But it doesn't stop there. It's not just being grateful and having a heart of thanksgiving, it's churning the grace and the thanksgiving and the gratitude into generosity. And notice then it's like a flywheel, or it's like a spinning wheel. And the more grace, the more gratitude, the more generosity equals the more grace. That's what the text says. God will give you more grace, more gratitude, more generosity. Grace, gratitude, generosity. Generosity. Rick Warren, some of you know him because he wrote the, the purpose-driven book, and I know like all churches, we went through that church, or we went through that as a church, the, the purpose-driven life. Rick Warren, he, he made a lot of money from that book, but Rick Warren made a decision that he wanted to change his giving, and he wanted to just be a generous person, and I want you to be praying for Rick Warren, actually, he was just in the hospital, I think he still may be in the hospital, pray that the surgery goes well for him. But Rick Warren now gives away 90% of his income. And if you've ever been around Rick Warren, you understand he understands grace, he understands gratitude, but he understands generosity. And now the flywheel has taken over grace, gratitude, and generosity. That is the principle of 2 Corinthians 9. I want to give us a couple of things to think about how we can turn our giving into fun. Here's the first thing I want us to think about it being fun. It is fun to give when gratitude is our attitude. It's fun to give when you have a grateful heart. One of the things that I really wanted to try to instill in my family is for us to be grateful. To be grateful for everything that we have and to view it as a gift of God. Sometimes I was successful, sometimes I wasn't successful. Sometimes I have that attitude, sometimes I don't have that attitude. But it's fun to give when you understand that your mindset should be, I should give because of gratitude for what God has given me. If you give out of guilt, pressure, even the principle, I'm going to give so that God will somehow bless me, you're missing the whole point. The reason we give, and it's fun to give, when gratitude is our attitude. Let me show it again in this frame. So the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. It's very interesting, and if you're wondering, again, hilarious is the word cheerful. The Greek word hilarious Is cheerful, but also that that Greek word also means to be merciful. And so God loves it when we're cheerful, when we're merciful, but what they discovered back in the day when the word hilarious was used was that it was also graceful, gratitude, and again, here's the thing I think happening. Again, sort of a little flywheel. If you have more fun giving, guess what? You'll be seen as a merciful person who is a very graceful person and a very generous person and having a heart of gratitude. It goes round and round and round. Here's the second way we have fun. It's fun to give when our hearts want to give. It is very clear when he says, Here's the point of the matter. I want everybody to decide what it is they want to give. I don't want any guilt and pressure when it comes to giving. I want you to enjoy giving. And so it is fun to give when we have taken the time and our heart says, This is what I want to give. Again, Being as married as long as I have been now, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done some things well, but I've made some mistakes. And I see this over and over again in the church. You see, this isn't just one person deciding. Whenever I talk to somebody about giving, they say, well, my spouse does the giving or, (laughs) you know, somebody else does the giving. And what should happen is a couple should decide together. They should prayerfully decide, God, what is it you want us to give? Because this is going to be fun. Again, this is going to bring joy. This is going to bring opportunity. And we decide in our hearts to give. Again, when I I parent my kids, sometimes I'm saying, especially to my two older ones, Mike and Mackenzie, and I need to change this to, to more gratitude. Sometimes I say, well, you're never going to get your finances right if you can't get tithing right. If you can't give, giving 10% back to God, you're not going to figure out your finances. But what I should be trying to do as a parent is to say, you got to get your heart right. And your heart needs to understand the principle of being generous and how God works with a generous person. And it is fun to be generous. Let's look at it this way. Most of us, when we come to church, if we've grown up in the church, we've heard the term tithe. Everybody's heard the term tithe, I think. Some of us don't even know what it means. It means to give a tenth. Real simple, if you make 100 bucks a week, that means you're supposed to give $10 back to the Lord. And again, I don't know where we came up with this idea, you know, you got to give $10 back to church. No, you're, you're giving it to the Lord. It, it, it's the principle of the first fruits, God owns everything and you're giving it to the Lord. And so give 10%. Now this was an Old Testament law and this is where a lot of us get lost. When you get to the New Testament, I talked about this a few weeks ago, the New Testament is radically different than the Old Testament. In fact, Romans 10 says the law is done for in Christ. The law has come to an end. We are in the new era. We are in the era of grace. The Bible in the New Testament only talks about tithing three times, and it makes reference. It doesn't command us as Christians to tithe. But I'm a believer, just like Randy Alcorn in his book, The Treasure Principle, he says a tithe is training wheels on giving and generosity. And so... As we talk in Christian terms, a tithe is 10%. Offerings are things we give on top of the 10%. And again, I think some of us, we're not having fun in giving because we're trying to combine the two. We're trying to combine the two. And where I think God wants us is at a heart of generosity. So when when Paul's talking here, he's not even thinking about a tithe. You don't even see tithe mentioned, do you? You don't even see offering mentioned. You see generosity. And you go around this. And and we in our hearts, we need to decide, are we going to move towards the generous side? Or are we just going to be stuck maybe in some Old Testament principle of a tithe and offerings? We move forward because God wants us to have a heart of generosity, And the more we do that, the more fun we will have. It's fun to give when we trust God. It's fun to give when you trust God. Paul is saying you need to trust God with your finances and trust the principle that God will bless you. It all comes down to trust. Here's another slide I want us to see here as we wrap this up. Notice here. Here's a way some of us view giving as well. There's tips. And sadly to say, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of waiters and waitresses. You know, sometimes it's the Christians that, that tip the least. Okay, but sort of in giving, there's tips out there. Then there's acts of kindness. You take somebody out to lunch. You, you, you do something together and you pay for it. Those are all acts of kindness. Where it comes to trust God is when it it comes to radical giving. Surprising somebody with a radical gift. Going beyond what is expected. Occasionally, and I'm not good at this, because again, sometimes maybe I don't even get what I'm trying to communicate, but occasionally I've written an extra large tip. But sometimes I hear from these people like Dave Ramsey and stuff You know, like there's a $10 bill and they'll leave a $100 tip. That's what we're talking about with being radical and, and, and trusting God that he will do something with that radical gift. And it will be a blessing to someone else. Here's the last thing I want us to see. It's fun to give when we surprise them. A book I would recommend by Bruce Wilkinson, it's called um, God in Your Pocket. And he tells a lot of stories, but he tells a story that him and his wife decided in their hearts that they needed to change and they needed to be more generous and they needed to be ready and willing to give. And so they as a family, they put aside money and they would have it in their wallet and they would be prepared to give it. They don't say how much money they have, but they have a lot of money. And so his Bruce Wilkinson's wife, she goes into a restaurant, and she goes into the restaurant, and she could tell it was a taco bell. she could tell that the, the person working there was distraught. And she was going in there, actually, because her son's a missionary, and she wanted to get some special hot sauce to, to pass on. And she goes in and this person is just in tears behind the counter, and she's like, "Well, what's wrong?" And she's just like. Um, My life is just falling apart. I barely am holding on financially. And she starts talking about all this stuff. And so she's quite taken back. And so when she gets, what she is thinking is this free hot sauce. She decides to grab in her God pocket that she had prepared. And she gave this lady some money. And this lady starts crying and This lady that gave it is just so full of joy and says, what fun this is. And then she goes, and she's getting ready to leave, and a lady walks in, asking for some water. And so she didn't know what was going on, and the person behind the counter says, it's going to be 50 cents for water. And so she just is like you charge people for water yes otherwise people will be coming in here asking for free water all the time and so she charged her for 50 cents and the lady who was gracious and gave the money gave the 50 cents she goes back and she goes to the car and she follows this lady out and she just was like can you tell me a little bit of your story what's going on and she's saying well my husband lost the insurance and I have to go to the doctor, and I have to pay for pharmacy bills, and I can't afford those pharmacy bills. And we just went to the pharmacy, and we used all of our money up, and we have no more money. And so she pulls out, again, her God pocket wallet, gives the money, and the next thing you know, the husband who was sitting in the driver's side just starts crying. And she's like, well, what are you crying for? He goes, well, you don't understand this, but I was just at the pharmacy and the person actually gave me too much money back. And I was really excited because I thought this was the way God was providing, but I knew it wasn't right. And so I gave the money back and now you have given me more money than the pharmacy overpaid us. There wasn't a dry eye in the spot, in the place. And that shows that giving can be so fun. It can be so contagious. It can be so generous. It can bring thanksgiving and praise to God. It's fun to give. It's fun to be generous. And it's fun to trust God and look for opportunities to bless others.